This is Proxilla Radio, the UK's first dedicated progressive rock music radio network. You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hello, good evening, and welcome. This is Mike Lord, your host of Tabletop Genesis. I'm host too. My name is Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be a host, but my name is just Simon. Um, this is Stacey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> I forgot. And this is Tom. Excellent. Well, if this is any uh, sign of how the show is going to go... <laughs> We're uh, going to be talking about album covers today, and the album packages, and the artwork, and whatever else comes to mind when we talk about the album. So this will be a little different for us this time, because we're going to be talking about something that is related to the music, but isn't the music. And we really have tried on this podcast to really be focused on the music, to stay away from any of the personal squabbles or, you know things that come up with, uh, you know, when you talk about any band, when does this member like this member, or whatever, etc., and all that. So, we might have a little bit more opinion, well, no, we always have opinions about the music, but our opinions may be couched in stronger language this time. <laughs> and we say this not as a warning, but just as an awareness that we're going to have opinions about this artwork, you may agree with us, you may not. And that's totally 100% fine because we are not putting ourselves out here as being the be-all and end-all for this. We are not the Genesis judges from on high saying... I am. Well, that's, <laughs> I said we. I was going to say Stacy is the judge. She will be deciding everything today. So, so with that, what we wanted to start talking about was the albums in general. But first, we have a little giveaway to do. I have an extra copy of Anthony Phillips's Sides, the recent re-release from Esoteric Records, that has come into my possession. And so we'll do a little trivia question at the end of the show or something. I'll think of something before we get to the end. And we'll figure out a way to give this out to somebody, one of our loyal listeners who wants a copy of Anthony Phillips's Sides. I listened to the 5.1 Mix today. It is excellent. Was oh, it good? Yes, I really enjoyed it. It's not super, like, crazy 5.1 Mix, but like a lot, I like it when the mixes just broaden out the music. Yeah. And that's what it does. <clears throat> excuse me, and that's what it does for me. So, with that, I want to pose a question to everybody. So, what do you all look for in album artwork? I think for me... The album artwork has to be an extension of the music that's contained within. There are albums out there which I have bought solely upon the artwork. <laughs> sure. uh, Such as? Topographic Oceans by Yes. Oh. It's a fantastic, fantastic album cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still struggle with the music contained okay. within. I'm not saying it's a bad album, sure. but I certainly still struggle with it. We'll talk about that later tonight, I'm sure. Yes, indeed, yeah. <laughs> and it, I do see it as a package. We're not mm-hmm. just talking the front cover. Right. It's the whole thing. It's a gateway into the music. Yeah, for, for me too. It's a, it has to do. It has to be. There has to be a connection with the music. It can be a great album cover, but if it has nothing to do with the music, 
that's a different story. I like it when it's really closely related to the music and reflects the lyrics and the stories, you know, told in the songs. For me, it's it's it has to grab me when I first see it. Like it has to, and I know this probably doesn't really relate to the music scene today when everyone's downloading songs and, you know, used to go into Tower Records or wherever you would go and there would be just racks and racks of LPs and you could just leap through them and, and that was when you really got a sense of what an album cover could do and bring you into the world of that music and maybe it was like you just walking past and you saw an album cover, a, I don't know what it is, a foot by a foot that of artwork that would just grab you and you really don't have that these days but that's kind of what really strikes me in an album cover that it has to make me almost do a double take and be like there's something about that what what it has to do with the music what it has to do with the message they're trying to put across that makes me want to pick it up and turn it over and see what the songs are like and see and possibly buy it and bring it home and I'm, I'm sure I've done that I've bought a number of albums just because of the cover and luckily most often than not I've been delighted by what I've gotten good so I really do not have an opinion about album covers because it is something I never really, it was never an important part of the music listening experience for me. And I don't know if that's because um, when I became my own independent music collector, if you will, so I wasn't just listening to... Uh, you know, my parents' albums or my aunts and uncles' music. When I was getting into music myself, it was cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And you remember how small they were. And so even if it looked probably fantastic on an LP, you know, I my entree into music were these tiny little paper um, couple inches uh, of of work that shrunk down. Um, You know, I... Like everybody has said, I like a cover that goes with the music. I think two bands for me that do that brilliantly are Ween and Decemberist. Okay. So those are two, like, consistently that I enjoy their covers because I know it goes so well with the music. It, right. It's a whole package. It's really nice. But on a whole, um, and <laughs> this is going to be a difficult podcast for me to participate <laughs> in. <laughs> because, we'll draw it out. Yeah, you'll draw it out of me. And, you know, with Genesis, I love, you know, I love the music more than anything, um, any other music out there. However, you know, the, the covers have just always been the bottom of what I love about them. But I also like the the opportunity this podcast is affording me to actually re-examine the covers and now actually, like, look at them and pay attention to them. So this will be fun. I don't think you're the only one who probably doesn't put their covers up on, like, a higher echelon, like Pink Floyd covers or Roger Dean covers. I mean, whenever the list comes out from Rolling Stone or whatever rock magazine is putting out their favorite best hundred covers in rock and roll or or whatever it is. I don't think I've ever seen a Genesis cover in them. I've seen Led Zeppelin. I see the who mm-hmm. I see Pink Floyd. I can't recall any Genesis covers ever making the top hundred. Maybe there was one that happened in some poll one year, but it's, it's not where I'd be like, Oh, well that Genesis album is definitely going to make the top 100. But Genesis wasn't, you know, one of the, the most, um, it, it's like, you know, you look at a yearbook and it's like most handsome and most popular mm-hmm. Genesis was like the most studious and <laughs> you know, the most likely to succeed. So right. of course they're not, <laughs> the covers aren't, you know, as sexy as some of these rock sure. and roll bands that, you know, Rolling Stone would, would put out. So that doesn't surprise me. In the Genesis, least. Genesis would be voted most likely to have a comfortable house in the suburb. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, 
I agree with Stacy a lot because for me, I think the album cover, I start associating with the, with the music after the fact. It's and it helps me determine what album I'm listening to or what do I want to pull off the shelf. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. But um, and I like certain Genesis album covers. I like Roger Dean album covers. But again, it's it's more of after the fact of oh now I associate the music with this visual mm. versus the visual drawing me in. Yeah, it's a visual cue for right. you to know, like you said, what you're listening to. Right. And with a, a band that is so rich and complex and has the breadth and depth that Genesis has, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, I think all of us around this table might have more of, um, a, 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 be more akin to listening than seeing. Right. So I, this doesn't surprise me. It feels kind of weird to say this, but I even kind of have more affinity to some of the covers in terms of remembering how, where I was listening to the music from really? like Mark Wilk- oh, yeah. Wilkinson. Okay. Like his Mer- early yeah. Merlion oh, okay. Fish sure, era right. albums. Like I can like look at Misplaced Childhood and just have this feeling come over me. And, and I love some of the Genesis album covers, but like I don't think I've ever had a feeling of seeing a Genesis cover and be like just taking me back to that music, which some, some of the older fans who are listening... I, I do have some envy because back in the early 70s, mid-70s, it was all about the music where you would buy an album, you would bring it home, put it on your turntable, and that's all you would do. It wasn't like you were putting on your iPad and doing mm-hmm. eight other things while listening to an album. So you would sit there, open up the cover, digest the music while you're looking over the liner notes, right. some of these double gatefolds or whatever, mm-hmm. which have artwork throughout and on the back. I mean, that was an experience, especially when you get to an album like The Lamb, where you could just mm-hmm. digest that whole artwork and story for as long as you're digesting right. the music. And we don't really have that. And I definitely didn't have that when I got into Genesis. You so. know, that's very interesting, because I think really what you've done, done there is you've actually summed up what we're talking about here. We're not just talking about um, Genesis album covers here or artwork. We're talking about a moment in time when mm-hmm. they mattered. Right. And, and it's interesting... I think it's we. I feel that Tom and all of us really were kind of on the tail end of that mattering because mm-hmm. I do remember getting the Lamb as an LP in the mid '80s whenever I got it, and opening it up and going, "Oh my God, there's a story here to read," which fed into my reading aspect, even though it was formatted horribly. Uh, but I was able to kind of digest this as part of the story, and yeah, the I, I looked at the artwork and was like, "Oh, there's, it's it's very photogenic." photorealistic or whatever for this album for the lamb but also i think if you if you listen to interviews of from the genesis folk from the members of the band they seem to have a struggle with their album covers also there is a certain level of ambivalence even from them isn't yes there? yeah i think that you know there's i think they seem to all agree that selling england was a good one uh, I think that they like aspects of the Lamb. I think that you know some of those '70s ones, Duke. I think also clicks with them. Um, I know that I remember Mike Rutherford specifically talking about on the uh, reissue interviews from 2007 how the Mama album Genesis was horrible. Just it was like, well, we gotta choose a cover. I guess that's it. I would have loved to seen the ones that were rejected over <laughs> that. All right, but Kyle is sick. Exactly, but I think that's and I think that goes to why we wanted to talk about this because this is something that does people do connect with the artwork in different ways, 
and we kind of want to invite you all as listeners to kind of respond to what we talk about with this so that we can hear what you think also. And we actually did hear a little bit of what you thought because as we get a little bit later into the show, we're going to do a top 10 countdown of your favorite covers. We had uh, you listeners, thank you very much. A lot of you voted. Pick your top five. And then we took all the, uh, there were, I think, 21 or 22 covers in between the live albums and the studio covers. (laughs) And we have the top 10, which we will count down a little later in the show. And we'll also talk about those as we uh, go through the countdown. I think that what I would like to do now is we can each mention our favorite album cover of Genesis's Genesis's Genesis (laughs) and uh, and also maybe an honorable mention maybe the number two because you know I'm all about the number two I think we all are right now and um, and also maybe what you think is the worst one out there so Simon (laughs) Mike yes would you like to talk about your favorite album cover, your runner-up, if you want to talk about it also, and the least favorite album cover of Genesis? I think my favorite album cover is probably not one that people would expect it to be my fa- uh, a favorite out of mm-hmm. all of them, but it's uh, Seconds Out. Excellent. Um, and the reason being is that, uh, for me, certainly my young teenage mind when I first saw it, it, it was one of those things which I found an incredibly enticing album cover. Mm-hmm. There was this... You know, there was this band sitting in isolation, uh, you know, in a, on a black background on stage somewhere. I mean, I, I didn't know it was France at the time. I think, I think most of it was recorded in France. Most was that right? recorded in France. Who knows where the picture is? It might not even yeah, be might, exactly right. And, uh, and so as a result, I, uh, I just, I loved it. I loved the two rows of lights, mm-hmm. you know. And that, the thing about the 70s, I always think, is the 70s was like a very... Whenever I think of a 70s concert, I'm thinking multicolours. Mm. I'm thinking a very kaleidoscopic, almost psychedelic kind of sort of like look. Mm-hmm. And that cover was incredibly austere yes. in comparison with that. And I, I really loved it. And the thing that I, 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 to this day, I really love is that those two rows of lights, or the white lights, have become an iconic thing for Genesis on stage. Sure. Um, it's synonymous with the In the Cage, right. uh, uh, the song In the Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I absolutely adored the way that it, it, it spoke to me. Um, and with regards, I don't really have a second favourite, maybe Duke, okay. simply because it was a very different kind of album cover and, and a very good cover it was of its time sure um, it was an 80s album cover but not in the way the other album covers of the 80s were 80s mm. it, it had a there was a level of playfulness mm. with 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 uh, with Duke which I thought um, which really stuck in my mind and I think that that extended to the entire album art as well the, the type script right. the uh, the various different faces when you open up the gatefold on it. Yeah, a bit um, more personal and organic in some ways yeah. than uh, it's not photos. It's, it's not something And it's not Wind and Wuthering. Right. And, and considering that there was only two albums, really there was Wind and Wuthering, there was uh, and then there were three, and then there was Duke. Hmm. That's a hell of a change of pace, sure. really, in, in a band. Right. Um, worst album? <laughs> I'm probably going to be like the vast majority of people. It's got to be something from the 80s. I really do <laughs> think that those 80s covers were phoned in, and it's probably down to either Invisible Touch mm-hmm. or We Can't Dance. Okay. I actually quite like the Abacab 
uh, cover, right. not because I think it's a good cover, but because they released it in several different yeah. versions, yeah, different which I thought was quite cool. Sure, right. uh, For me, uh, okay, my least favorite album cover would be Invisible Touch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Testify, it's, sister. It's simple. It's yeah. It's I don't know what it is, but anyway. And then my favorite is Duke. Uh, it's again, it's clean. It's it has like pastel colors, bright. It's a mix, but I like it. It's it's. I don't like the obscure album covers. Like and then there were three, but then I have a thing with fonts. I like all the Genesis fonts. I mm. might not like the album cover, mm. but I like all the fonts. You know. So. That's an interesting one, yeah, because yes. there is. It, with Genesis, there are periods of time where they were using specific fonts as well, right. mm-hmm. I think the Duke font was only used for Duke. Correct. Like, uh, Second, mm-hmm. uh, Second South is another favorite of mine. Like, mm-hmm. There's Duke as a studio album and Second South as a live album. Mm-hmm. Again, I love that font, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a thing with fonts. I'm probably not the only Genesis fan who, regarding the fonts, would probably write everything in the Seconds Out font. <laughs> yes. When I was in high school, because I yes. got that well, it was a double cassette that I bought, but having seen that font, I was obsessed with writing it on my black marble notebooks and writing write my name in that Me font. Me too. <laughs> and it's a very you can do that very easily with no artistic talent, right. I think too. So. Tom loves Tony Banks, <laughs> always and forever. Tony Banks loves Tom. Oh. <laughs> well, for me, I. Probably say my favorite is also Duke. Um, I'll probably talk more about that when sure. we get to the top ten. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I'd say my least favorite is probably Genesis or Shapes because it looks like that game Perfection. I don't know if yes. you've ever seen that game. It had like the little pieces which are on the cover of that album, and you'd have to put them inside the little plastic tray before the tray popped up at the end of the, when your time ran out. And it just didn't seem to have anything to do with the songs. As Mike or Simon said, it's almost like it would, it would be preferable if the band said, this is kind of our music, this is what we want in a cover. Whereas I think a lot of the times, especially in the 80s, a, a firm would come out and say, he, we've listened to your music or we heard some of the names of the tracks and this is your five presentations you have to pick from. Mm-hmm. And they would narrow it down saying, okay, well, this is the le- one we don't like the least. And that would end up being the cover, and that's probably what happened with the Genesis album. Uh, my least favorite font. <laughs> We're really getting into this yeah, nitty yeah. gritty here. The here so. <laughs> Is the We Can't Dance font. Just because whenever someone wants to emulate a child's writing, they reverse some of the letters. And this font had a couple of the E's reversed. Or I think it had the N reversed, yeah. maybe. For such an album that had such heavy themes, and we talked about it during the We Can't Dance episode. It just seemed to be a very light, kid-like cover, and that had to do with the font, and they actually used that font on T-shirts on the 2007 tour. I was like, can't you go back to your Seconds Out font? Like, <laughs> that would sell a lot more T-shirts than the We Can't Dance font. Right. So those are, that would, I'd probably say Genesis, Genesis Shapes is my worst. Okay. Yeah, I don't, re- I don't have a favorite cover. I'm not, mm-hmm. there's not one cover that I'm like, oh, this is like beautiful and brilliant and you know um, this is something I want to hang on my wall Um, but I think the cover that sucks the least would have to be Seconds Out I agree with Simon Um, I'm glad you're married yeah it it works out (laughs) and 
as he said, I, you know, I love the two lights. I love the balls of it. It, it also reflects the, you know, this was, this was the, the tour and this live album represents when they kind of shed that, um, the more artsy, um, cerebral, uh, stage show they had with Gabriel and mm -hmm. this, they truly became a bombastic live, you know, uh, a bombastic rock group. Bombastic um, in a good way. In a good way. Yes. Like this is when their balls dropped. And <laughs> um, and I think that's shown in the cover. I mean, apart from maybe Phil's tight white pants. Um, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. You know, something, I know. So. But it just, it, it has this kind of, it has a great atmosphere to it. Yeah. It's simple, it's striking. You know, I, I find that that's probably their most well done cover they've okay. ever had. Um, Runner-up would have to be Invisible Touch, but that's only because it was my first Genesis album. Okay. And so if we were talking about earlier that visual cue, mm -hmm. there's a nostalgia. When I see that, um, it reminds me of when I first got into the band and it brings up all the feels. <laughs> so I like that one. Um, least favorite, would, I agree with Tom, it's um, Genesis or Mama or the Shapes album. What the, what, what the hell is that? I don't, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, the only thing I will say about that is I, because I, and we've talked about this before, I'm so in love with the Mama Tour video. Sure. That's the imagery they use from the album in that yes. video. Like it is, again, that's more of a nostalgic yes. thing, but uh, as an objective viewer of that album cover, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it leaves a lot. And I would desire. say it works a bit more in the video just as a little quick visual yeah. piece than as an album cover. Right, there's the iconic, the iconic, iconic, iconic classic. Iconography. No, the iconography. <laughs> this is only my second glass of wine. This is gonna be a, a long ass podcast <laughs> of of the um that works. And there's certain elements throughout all their albums. There's pieces that I really yeah. love, and mm -hmm. and I think that are really great. But uh, you know, we're talking about a whole here. It's just mm -hmm. nothing really resonates. I mean, and we're and since we're on the font subject. Uh, we moved to that area. <laughs> I, like Tom, I didn't doodle in the Seconds Out Lamb font. Okay. I did all my doodling in the Nursery Crime Foxtrot oh, okay. Genesis Live font. Okay. And in fact, on my 16th birthday. Oh, sweet 16. My sweet 16, I had a Genesis cake. And it was um, oh, so chocolate cake with white icing. And it was the Genesis logo from Nursery Crime. So it was the orange and yellow and red. Welcome to Font Podcast. <laughs> All the good looking ladies form a line. <laughs> so, um, somebody else's podcast. <laughs> Former line at the exit door. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 you know, and I was doodling the Genesis, you know, logo, and you know, not paying attention to my chemistry lesson and things like that uh, in school. So, for me, the the winner of the album covers is We Can't Dance. Actually, I think that that artwork connects to the music in a way for me that a lot of the other albums don't, and. Maybe it's just, again, I'm not a big art person, but maybe just the idea of these watercolors and what's used throughout the whole package, each song having its own piece of artwork, much like Duke, really kind of worked for me. And I just think it's a good total package. Uh, notwithstanding the fonts, I don't really like backwards letters either, but I don't dislike it as much as Tom does. Um, 
I think the runner-up for me is I'm Gonna Tie, which Stacy always hates. Uh, I know. Commit! Commit. One way or, well, I will rationalize by saying it's alive okay. in a studio. So, and, and my, on the live side, I love the Genesis Live album cover, which I'm holding up to show to everybody right now. Because, look at this picture. If you're at home listening to this, pull this out and just look at this picture. And yes, we all know now because that this is Supper's Ready. This is the May Dog outfit, that it's, you know, it's the end of Supper's Ready. I think I remember the first time seeing this and just being thinking to myself, what mysterious satanic rituals are happening on this stage that is going to be that's going to be recorded on this album? Oh no, that's just London during the seventies. We, oh, right. we all dressed like of that, of course. Yeah. You know, I think I've seen some of your old pictures. Exactly right. Yeah. So, but that's as a live album. This makes me go, what are these guys playing? I right. want to hear this, and so, and I think the runner-up, uh, which I might not have voted for on the poll, but I'm now going to say is my album cover runner-up is Abacab, uh, because I think I like the abstractness of it, and I I think it's a cool piece of artwork, much like Simon was saying with the different having it in different colors. And I think that sorry, it might be a better idea just in case there are somebody out there thinking that we're just talking about the different colors on the album cover. They actually released various different album versions. So there was an orange and yeah. black one, and there was a green and gold version. Yes. I look at this, and I think this is the Invisible Touch album cover done right. Like, I feel like the Invisible Touch was trying to do something like Abacab yeah. and failed utterly at it. And But at the same point, I, I don't think the Invisible Touch album is... The album cover is horrible. I just don't like it. I think the worst one for me... Um, I'm not a big fan of Paul Whitehead's out, uh, artistic style from the early 70s, but I don't think Foxtrot and Nursery Crime are horrible. For me, they do associate with the music, but they're not, they're not great album covers. Uh, I'm going to be much like everybody else and vote for Mama Album Shapes because... It's it's just stupid. <laughs> and okay, I, so to recap, who, the list for uh, shapes is Mike, Tom, Stacy. Oh, I had an invisible touch. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But they're the okay. two adjacent really '80s funny. albums. Yeah. So interesting. Hmm. Well, with that, we're gonna jump into Tom's poll right now, which is even bigger than normal. Tom showed you his poll. Yes, I have to say this is an extended version of my poll this week. Uh, first, thank you to all the listeners. We had about 550 votes wow. for uh, your favorite albums. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize I voted that often. <laughs> I didn't know that many people were interested in your poll. <laughs> hey yo. Hey yo. All right. All right. So th- thank you, fans. And here are your top 10 favorite Genesis album covers. Number 10. Then there were three. I'm surprised that it got on this. <laughs> I'm surprised it got any vote. As, as, as Tony would say, it still took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because as my notes on it say, uh, it was designed by Hypnosis. Yes. And Storm Thurgerson called the design a failure <laughs> and just described the concept being conveyed. This is his words. We were trying to tell a story by the traces left by the light trails. It was a torch, a car, and a man with a cigarette. The band was losing members, and there were only three of them left. 
The lyrics of the songs were about comings and goings, and we tried to describe this in photographic terms by using time lapse. <laughs> so there's a car going off to one side, and then the guy gets out of the car, walks over to the front of it, and lights a cigarette. But as he walks, he uses a torch, and the car he was in leaves. There's a trail left by the car. A they, trail left. Did they forget that this is a single photograph? <laughs> I'm sure all this is happening, but I just see like I think the sky is pretty. The sky is very pretty. But then these two guys playing stuff, I was like, is that supposed to be Tony and Phil? You know, I'm like, "Eh." the guy with the cigarette looks like one of the roadies. Maybe I I thought it was Daryl Sturmer actually. You know, it looks a little (laughs) like him. And can I just make one mention, which is that for all that that we're down on Hmm. Genesis album covers. Mm The titles are actually normally brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I have no issue with the titles. We should do a whole other podcast on <laughs> on album titles or song titles. And yeah, I think this... And then there were three was clever. And as Mike talks about in one of the interviews, uh, he for this album, they, he sat down with an American interview who said, oh, so, why is the album called And Then There Were Three? And he thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> I mean, when you open the album... To its full extent, and you see on the inside they've got the Genesis lo- Genesis words yeah, in like a different like, kind of time lapse yeah, font, and on the back cover they it's trailing off somewhere. Is that a chair? I, I, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I thought it was like an E. Was it supposed to say Genesis back here somewhere? But anyway, the the album number ten. Yeah. That's the memory of the music. I think less about the cover. Exactly. I, I think I could just say one thing is yes. that. Um, even though I don't think the execution is great on this cover, I think the colors being used yeah. and the darkness do reflect the album. Like I said, it's dark. It's a sad album. It's mm-hmm. a transition album. You see the transition, you know, maybe the clouds moving. I, I just... So and from that perspective, I could see it, it, it might work, but um, it's just not executed correctly. I think... There was some great idea behind it, but as as I said earlier, I can't see what's going on. It's yeah. so dark. <laughs> I just get a, I just get an image, a mental image of uh, Storm Ferguson kicking the designer up and down the road, really, after he sort yeah. of delivered it. All right, number nine is Genesis Live. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Which which all the stuff that you said about this, Mike, I agree with. It's, it's a very striking cover. Everyone is kind of very deep into their playing. Yes. I mean, their heads are down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what they meant by the, this is a thinking man's band. Right. I mean, everyone is very. You can barely see Steve, right. which I don't know. Maybe Tony picked this cover. But Mike is intent on playing. Phil's down, and the one that is brightly lit in a different color is is Peter with the the Magog costume, and yeah. it just is so striking. And I think when I first saw the musical box, musical box back in 97 and they did this setup, well, maybe not this exact setup, but during some of the songs, they had the same kind of black light mm-hmm. and, and everything. It just brought everything together. Like, this is what people in the 70s who saw this tour must have been right. astounded by. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, what I like about this cover is, it's actually, I like this, uh, the inside better than I mean I lo- the outside is striking you're waiting for you think like a goat's gonna walk on stage and it'd be totally normal like there's some weird shit going on if you don't know this band at all is this the only album cover to actually feature on the back cover a member of the crew uh yes 
Because there is a guy on the back cover. What is his name? Richard McFair. Oh, it's Richard McFair. So he's he was he was basically their right hand man, yeah. basically. Yeah. And he's still friends with many of them. And but this is the only album cover that I mean, unless you count the way we walk, that features the band at all. Yeah, I like the back of it (laughs) much more than the front. Um, And I like the story that Peter told. It's very surreal, very imaginative. A kind of precursor to the lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's just really, in one quick glance, you kind of get the sense of what they were about Mm -hmm. as as a live band. Yeah. Just great. It makes you want to listen to the, the absolutely album, so. that, that that would pique my interest. Yeah, and also the different colors of, for each member. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they are different individuals who bring mm-hmm. something special to to the band as a whole. Yeah. I like it too. After Second Out, it's my <laughs> second live album favorite. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, Moving along to number eight, we get into the first of the Paul Whitehead covers, Trespass. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is this the one of the few Genesis album covers which only really works if you open it up? Because on the back side, if you're... Uh, and I, I don't wish to talk about anybody's backside for, for too long, but uh, on the flip side of the album cover, there is the dagger that is actually supposedly stabbed into the entire artwork yeah. a- across it. Yeah. So I think it's one of the very few covers which, which actually genuinely only works if you open it up. Yeah, I, I agree. It's very... It's it's certainly an it's certainly an evocative piece of art. It's very, 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 very old. <laughs> like I want to sneeze when I look at it. Like there's like all dust on yeah. it. Oh, you know, like I get this like it, you know, and that creeper yeah. thing in the top right hand corner. Yeah, what is that? There's some very dark, disturbing kind of Im- you know, imagery in here, which I think is what they were trying sure. to go for. It's funny, isn't it, that, that at this point they were a band in search of a sound and they were obviously a band in search of a look at this point. Right. But you could see, as we've spoken before about, about the band, the sense of ambition they mm-hmm. had yeah, even right. at this point. It's a, a subversion of a picture with the, the, cut. the cut. And it's not, I, I again, I'm not an expert on early, late 60s, early 70s album artwork, but this is pretty, you know, esoteric, I think, even for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so really, like, risky. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> not it's not screaming out. We're a young boy band, and let's uh, get the girls in the audience to come buy our album by putting our faces on here. It's we're going to show you a story in art that if it draws you in, it draws you in, and if not, maybe you'll hear the music, but maybe not. So, yeah, that's interesting to me. Well, according to you know online articles it said whitehead had finished the cover and then the band added the knife to the running order feeling that the cover no longer fitted the mood of the album they asked whitehead to redo it when whitehead was reluctant to do so the band members inspired him to slash the canvas with an actual knife the whole thing was then photographed but came out blue when reproduced due to the lighting in the room fascinating isn't it that it's blue only for the sake that the, the hue that the room imbued the picture with i wonder if the original piece of art still exists somewhere like whether Whitehead has it, yeah. Whether Whitehead has it in, in his archive studio, whatever, or if the band has it somewhere. Well, I know that he has exhibited a lot of his artwork right. uh, in the UK. I, that might be something where one of our UK listeners might yes. be able to uh, enlighten us with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I had the chance. Of, I met him in the Genesis convention back in two thousand one. 
And yeah. so, what was it? He was very nice. He signed my, my Foxtrot and Nursery yeah, Prime. Sure, sure. And I said, oh, nice to meet you, la, la, la. <laughs> I didn't have any profound questions to ask or right. anything. I said, oh, I love this album covers. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number seven. Seconds out. All right. Which I think we were talking about earlier was we were wondering if it was an Armando Gallo photo, and it's not, right? Okay. No. I know for Genesis Live, it's not. I'm not sure about this one. Oh, this was, I think this was all okay. Armando Gallo. Yeah. No, I, I like it. For all the things that Stacey and Simon said before, I think this is an awesome album cover. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it, it sets a mood, it gives you an idea that something strange or dark is going on. I think it's great. It's and a better use of a dark cover than, and then there were three, I yes. think, um, using, you know, black. And I think that the back cover of Seconds Out is fantastic, too, with that mm. almost otherworldly picture of Phil against the, with the smoke and the backlight. I think it's, I think that's great. I think that's, that picture, even more than the front one, Maybe go. What's going on here? Well, Are Phil we... was a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, was oh, Peter yeah. left? There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always think of that as the New Jerusalem mm. uh, right. shot. Right. Really, I think I think you're correct with that. It's Phil. It's... it's Phil backlit with a yes. light with a light directly above mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I think I think you're 100 percent correct there, and it is just that evocative nature of that of that picture that really drew me in when I when I had it in album back in the 80s. So. Great. Well, I think I, I definitely have this as cassette first, as I mentioned. It took me the longest time to see Phil on this cover because <laughs> you, you you go right to the middle and you see the lights and you shine down and Mike is front and center. Right. Tony's, uh, I'm sorry, Steve is closer to you, and I was, oh, there's Phil, there's right back there. <laughs> it's an incredibly good album cover in the fact that it actually does show all of the members of the band right. on stage. Right. You can just see Tony on the far right yeah. of the of the picture. Like lurking semi in and out of the light, and and Steve, I think Steve is silhouetted on the far left as well. It, I just think it's a magnetic cover. I love the fact that because of the black background, there's no sense of framing of the shot except for the actual physical confines of the of the cardboard right. itself. Yeah, you don't see the rest of the backstage area there or anything. It is just here's the stage, here's the focus. Yeah, I, I really love this uh, this album cover for this album. All right, moving along, we have number six in the countdown. Foxtrot. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Ellie, what was your your response to, was that was no, seemingly I, out of the, you were surprised. Okay, the first time I got this album, it wasn't an album, it was a cassette, as Stacey yeah. mentioned, it was a tiny little box, and I even had another real one, just a... A recorded cassette. I made a copy from somebody else, and I would color with pens, color pencils. You know the the album cover. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was fantastic, and I loved it. But um, but it's pretty obscure. That's the thing. It's uh, I mean obscure. It's colorful, but it's kind of creepy. I did like the tie back to nursery crime on the back of the cover, because up in the you do have the nursery crime cover on the back. Yes. Uh, which I thought was what in the cool. mid, sort of middle to long distance. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, right I've never there. noticed that yeah. before. Oh. oh, it might be going up a couple votes in Stacey's. <laughs> <though. laughs> no, not necessarily. But then, other but, than that, you know. I mean, it's a very striking cover, which I think gets it. And I think you have 
different aspects of the songs played out in the album. Like I, I always thought that that was the apartment complex from Get Him Out by Friday. Right on the, the back, left hand. Right. On, on the back, back cover. The on left. the back the cover. Part of it, yeah. Then on the front, you have the six saintly shrouded right. men move across the lawn slowly. The, move across the beach, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not, not, a, not a total match there. Well, they were looking for the can utility guy in his throne. That's what they were on. The, right, that's why they were on right. the beach. We got the fox and the rocks. <laughs> and this fish thing? What is We've got that? a fish. There are fish reference um, in one of the songs. Yeah. We've got a submarine here presaging the alternate track from Abacab. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yes. Such a visionary. I know. It's like he should have known this stuff. The weird guys on horseback on the back. Right. And I always thought that maybe this was kind of the one who was like kind of an alien. The furthest looking, to the right. Right. The furthest to right was kind of like a watch of the sky. So that's the alien oh, trying alien. to right. blend in with the other fox hunters. Sure. I think Ellie sums it up uh, for me, which is <laughs> really? it's it's a creepy cover. Yeah, it's, it's it, it can, is creepy. Yeah, it can it, deceive you because it's colorful and has bright colors. But then it's like if you look in detail, it's like what. What right. is going on there? Yeah, there's the, the Fox and the Rocks. I mean, there's... Th- this probably connects... It's the album that connects to the music the most, the album cover. Mm. I just, again, I'm not thrilled with his style of art for, for Genesis. Um, and I think he did some Van de Graaff Generator covers also, along with probably other bands. And Yeah. Well, he did... Well, this was his third and final... For Genesis. For Genesis. Yeah. Um, Gabriel, as what I found online, is that Gabriel felt less pleased with the design than Whitehead's previous works. Hackett felt unsure about the cover when he saw it for the first time, calling it a strange design that has made more sense to him over time. Banks thought it was the weakest cover Whitehead designed for Genesis. Rutherford felt the design was a decline in quality following the lovely atmosphere of Trespass and Nursery Crime covers to Foxtrot, which was a little bit weak. Collins thought it was not particularly special and lacked a professional look. Yes. It's so, not a very so focused the, cover. No, I mean, no, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. Nothing. There's no one thing that draws your eye. I suppose, except the uh, the lady with the fox's head in the red right. gown. I guess. I think that's probably what maybe has endeared it and made it reach number six is because the red dress and the fox is so tied to one of Gabriel's first right. costumes in that right. the boxing ring in, in Dublin. Dublin was in Dublin. In Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a quick question? Yes. Was the was the cover? Did the cover come before the costume? Yes. It yes. Did, yes. Yes. So he, Gabriel did that right before the album was released. So he thought this would be a way to promote the album before it came out. I don't so, know how the so timing strange, exactly. So in a strange way, yeah. he did have a a tangential hand in mm-hmm. in taking Genesis to the next right. level. Yeah. I wonder, though, that's where, again, you know, alternate history with this is that, you know, I think Gabriel wanted to find things to visually enhance the presentation anyway. He probably would have gone the costume direction at some point. I think this was kind of the, the connection of saying, what should I do? Oh, mm-hmm. this is going to come out or this just came out. So we'll do it that way. Yeah, I'm... Thank God, because you'd have looked terrible as a submarine. Exactly, mm. yes. <laughs> I, uh... This was the Foxtrot was the first album I bought from their the '70s catalog. Okay. So I became a fan with Invisible Touch and went back and got um, the Shapes album. Right. And then a couple, you know, years passed and I discovered they had this other right. <laughs> this whole back catalog. And Foxtrot was the first one um, that I bought. And I remember listening to you know Watcher the Sky starts and I'm staring at this cover <laughs> and I'm like. 
this is really, it got under my skin. Like mm-hmm, I had, sure. you know, goosebumps because it, as Ellie said, it's just so creepy. Yeah. It is, um, there's something very disturbing about it. Yeah, to this day, I look at it, and I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. I'm staring at this fox's head a bit more than I've stared, I think, ever at the Oh, you're not staring head. at the head. Oh, no, this is and that's, that is creepy. Yeah. Show us on the album where yeah, the fox touched you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of creepy stuff in this uh, thing. So what's number five, Tom? So number five is a tie, and they actually have something in common. Yes, they were both Genesis albums, <laughs> <laughs> but they have both have a white background. Oh, uh, here we go. So yes. yes, the number five tie was Duke and The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, which I which was surprising. I thought The Lamb would go a lot higher than number five. Absolutely, I yeah, I thought The Lamb would be top three, but certainly from from my point of view, I mean, uh, next to uh, Seconds Out, I actually think The Lamb is actually one of the best. Of the seventies covers, really. Yeah. I would agree with you. So we duck seems to have walked into the. Such an iconic album that you can As Mike is holding it right now in, in front of us, it's it's growing on me a lot more. And <laughs> even though I did pick the other one, Duke as my favorite, there is something to be said about just the starkness and just trying to interpret what's going on on this cover, not just the front but also the back and in the middle. There's just so much going on with this. I would probably rate it as my second after Duke. It really is tell, trying to tell the story of the album. Sure, right. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's, it's, this is more than just, um, you know, some nice artwork. It, it is truly, you know, a part of this album. It, it's it's the most, I think, intrinsic in with the music as and anything else they've ever done in terms of album artwork. Right. Um, especially since you have, like, the novel inside <laughs> that I gotta admit I don't think I've ever read completely. <laughs> uh, I have a short attention span. Anybody right. hasn't noticed yet? Um, so it's an incredibly but dense yeah, piece of writing. Absolutely, and it's just it's a dense album, and the artwork is very dense too. There's a lot of imagery and symbolism, and um, and the only album artwork ever from their entire thing to just be a monochrome. Thing, yeah. Apart from the little bit of uh, green and blue at the top, right. beneath the logo. And so I got this as, as I mentioned before, I started getting into the older catalog through cassettes, and obviously I got this album, and then finally, eventually, I got an album of it, and I was like, oh, it's got a whole story in the middle. Now I can find out what's going on. And <laughs> no. the, the, the story, the story didn't help me that much. No. In there. <laughs> I, I enjoyed reading the story. Like what I, I think I mentioned before, when I opened this up, and I was like, oh, there's a story here, and it was very esoteric, mm-hmm. and it was very, you know, not an easy read. But I could see. Gabriel sitting down and writing this and kind of saying, I've got something here that can give us something to hang on to as we write this mm-hmm. this story, as we write this album. So, yeah. We'll probably talk about it more in our Lamb episode, but something so dense and something so involved as a story and the cover, it's almost like this was a good album for him to depart from the band like like where hmm. could they go after right. this and, 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 and di- almost diametrically opposite uh, in in feel considering that they're, they're, they're similar to the duke album cover as well yeah i was gonna right. say it's so different duke is so like light and and now that i look at the comparison both covers have a character who is staring away from the viewer 
<laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, Rail. Yes. Is it is it Albert on the? Uh, is that right? This is the story of Albert on Duke. On Duke. Is, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the cover art was drawn by French illustrator Lionel Coachlin. So excuse me for butchering that. Featuring the character Albert. Coachlin's artwork came from the book L'Alphabet d'Albert, published in 1979. And I, this is another one where the full extent of how the themes of the artwork goes through the whole album is better interpreted when you actually have the LP and you can open it up and see almost like was repeated in We Can't Dance you have different little drawings representing the different yes. songs I think that's probably one of the first that's tied together so you have yes. as well it's the same TV. on the, if yeah. it's, it's the same if you look in the insides of uh, the lamb you've got different um, right. photos which and that seems to be actually quite a light motif for Genesis yes. um, to actually have the a artwork tied in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the trick of the tail cover yes. is like the most obvious, right, exactly. you know. Um, but yeah, that's something they carry through. I like the iconography. Yeah. Right. I said it. I did it. I like the pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, of, of Duke. Uh, I, I said, like can Ellie. I try, can I just say iconography? See? Oh, there you go. You got it too. Cheers. You know, the the colors are very different. I mean, you think oh, about. Yeah. It's very friendly. It's very, and it is, it's funny, like we were talking about um, We Can't Dance cover as kind of this childlike image and the typography. This to me is more so than anything. I mean, it comes from a children's book, so that's, you know, no big mystery. Yeah. Well, I like how the, it's white, it's bright, it's hearkening in a new direction for Genesis going forward into the 80s, a break from... And then there were three, which is a lot darker. When in Wuthering, very dark, wintry. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of like they've turned a point. The first track on the album is very bright, in your face, feel good. And I think that's why this is my favorite, because it's a complete package that matches the music. I like the uh, concept album kind of, even though it wasn't really a concept album per se. Right. You've got like the Duke character, Duke's Travels, Duke's End. You have this guy who maybe is featured in Turn It On Again, Behind the Lines. So everything tied together is what is, has made it my favourite album okay. cover. I do find it a very compelling piece of, uh, of art in, as a totality. You know, from front to back, um, the little insert pictures, it feels like a complete package. It feels like a... I, I always think that good album art should feel like a destination. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere where you go, much like the music, and, uh, and I think this one really does succeed. And I do feel that all LPs, you should be able to open the book. <laughs> like whenever oh, I would, yeah. back in the day mm-hmm. when I would buy an LP and it was just the single square and nothing opened up, especially if there was nothing on the sleeve of the album inside, disappointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whereas anytime you should open up an album and say, oh, here are all the words or here's a big photo or here's something, that was always, again, part of a package. And you have oh. to hold that book so tightly in your hands. Right. This probably did rate so high because Albert on the cover looks like your typical Genesis fan, which is really... <laughs> <laughs> hey now. Yeah, hey now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, I, 
sometimes Simon has to do a double take because it's like if I'm standing near the album, <laughs> is that is that Stacy or is that standing by your front window? Yeah, yeah. there is no way on window. God's earth I am confirming that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something about it. It catches your attention. You're like, yeah. is this a children's music or adult music or yeah. what is Genesis? What is Duke? If you don't know the band or anything about it. You look at it and you're intrigued. It is astonishing, though, when you look at the two album covers and there's five years between the two, exactly how much went on. Mm -hmm. This is a band with range, I think, as we've all said in different ways, you know, and and that did change over time. Range and change. That should be a T-shirt right there. So I think we're going to move on to... Number four, put on your winter jackets is Wind and Wuthering. Oh. I always... It, it, it may be winter, but I always thought this was early winter, whereas... And then number three feels like wait, late, middle of winter to me. This is autumn. You know, the tree has leaves. Right. And there's no leaves. Birds, actually. Because actually, this is the joke of it to me. It's like, oh, it's birds on the front. You don't know that until you turn it over. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's birds. I thought that was always very cool. Oh, so wait, that's that's not leaves or birds? Right. Birds. And because See, can front, you tell I haven't really looked yeah. at these? They're, they're, actually, <laughs> they're, they're actually pigeons, and that's where the song oh. comes <laughs> Yeah, to me, the album cover means rainy day. It's yes. raining, it's cold, dark it's and gray. It's dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not listening to Wind yeah. and Water. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, of this, this, I think, is that marriage of music and album cover and art that Simon was kind of talking about before. For me, that this... Again, while it's not my favorite album cover, it's up there of Genesis's. But there's this might have the strongest association of the music to the artwork mm-hmm. for me. It's very stark, just the tree and a background. Like there's, I would have to think that they were a bit more involved in picking the mid '70s album covers than they were in the late '80s because they seem to fit the music a little bit more than the '80s albums did. Right. And they're, they're, I would think, again, after the departure of Peter, who probably took a, a strong role in, you know, the album covers in the past, it sounds like, that it was something that they did kind of say, oh, this is something that one of the other guys used to take care of. We better step up and do this and, and make sure that there is something that choose, that matches what our music and I, you know, like at the other albums, you kind of need to open it all the way to see the full imagery, you know, starting with Trespass. I mean, that was the first and they kind of carried that through. I'm not a fan of the the Wind and Wuthering and Genesis in the top left. Oh, sure. I don't, I, if they took that off, that would be a pretty decent cover for me. I would be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe but maybe that's a, a, a yeah. something of the time where you always had the name of the band and the album um, mm-hmm. listed on the front, but I, I, w- I would take that off. If I was a, <laughs> an art director, yeah. I would yeah. uh, put a big red X through that. Yeah, this was like, this was hypnosis again. Yeah, now that I didn't know, that's that's interesting because I would never have ascribed that kind of, I, I, what would you call it, sort of romanticism. Right. I would never sort of associate that with with hypnosis. Right, a kind of more, maybe their covers a bit more masculine, more. I, I always think of I always think hypnosis is is more stark. When I'm thinking hypnosis, I'm thinking men on fire in movie lots. Yes, yeah. You know, that's the kind of hypnosis thing I I'm thinking of really. Sure. But it, again, it maybe just they got go- a discount on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's from their bee pile. I don't know how they got all those birds to sit on the tree when they took the picture. That's no, the, that's yeah. the great part. 
Warning. Warning. The Tabletop Genesis group are using deliberate ignorance for comedic effect. Thank you. And what lens did they use to... I'm uh, still not convinced they're birds. I think they're leaves. You see a couple of them already flying off But that's they're from the top, and the leaves fall down on the bottom, and they're the birds. Or maybe it's leaves flying away. It's not birds at all. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any suggestions... (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I I really like this one. I think it's great. So number three, Mr. Tom. Yes, the t- we have reached the top three album covers by your votes. Again, so, thank you. So excited. Number three is... <laughs> nursery Crime. Oh, thank God it's not number two or one. <laughs> which, 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 which I do think is is the best of the Paul Whitehead yes, covers. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I, when I look at the cover, the first thing I think of is... When I took art in high school, this is what we would learn about perspective and a horizon mm-hmm. line. The vanishing point. The vanishing like point, that, yes. and so that's what I first think about. And then you just see, it's almost like a game. You try to figure out how many different songs can I find in the album cover. Which musical is robots, robots, I think. Musical that's robots, it. Yeah, a lot of heads on the ground. I mean, it, it's, again, creepy as a foxtrot, but it, it makes sense. I mean, what do I know about art? But anyway, <laughs> the title is like, on top of the horizon. It's not just flying... You know, the nursery you know, there's something I'd never noticed before. Sitting it's, on the horizon. Yeah, it's absolutely know. flat with the horizon. Hmm. Exactly. Well, I think the, when we talked about the Nursery Crime uh, epi- uh, album in that podcast, I think I remember saying that this was the album that I tied more closely, most closely with the cover and the artwork. Mm-hmm. It just gives us feeling of like yeah. the old English side. And, and even, I've probably only seen the inside of the LP a short number of times because I had the CD I had mm-hmm. the the cassette and the inside just even brings it to life even more and it has that again same theme where each song kind of has a little representation whereas, whereas you have the musical box you have the fountain of Salmasis mm-hmm. uh, the oh, Harlequin man. everything I mean it's I, just I think the inside's better beautiful. than the outside yeah. actually so mm. <laughs> no I'm with I'm with Michael I totally yeah, agree I mean the inside to me it well it's like it reminds me of Trespass, so it's kind of that old worldly, right. you know. But that could be again trying to make an identity yeah. through the artwork yeah, too. That's true. So, so I get that a bit of consistency there, and I think that the individual pieces of art that go along with each song work for me. It's uh, and they're nice, you know. They're not they're not overbearing in that respect. So. Eh, it looks like a church Bolton to me. <laughs> I'm just sorry. It just doesn't. It just bounces Well, it is me. Genesis. Well, I know. So there you go. What says here that the cover... Creepy the cover, lyrics, creepy album cover. Yeah. <laughs> the cover depicts characters and scenes from the music, musical box in Cox Hill, the manor house with a croquet lawn, which is based on the building Gabriel, Gabriel grew up in. Huh. Yes, indeed. Yes, because we all grew up in manor houses. <laughs> with, with heads rolling around yeah. the lawn. I, I think I can England's see... pretty savage. I think I can see Phil Collins relaxing in the pool because he That's got there right. early for his audition. Yes, he's doing his but actually, there. I always figured that the person up on the roof on the back cover was from... Uh, oh, Harold the Barrel. Harold the Barrel, about to jump off. Yeah, sure. I, I, never, I never noticed no. that person up there. It's on the grassy knoll. Tom, you spent a lot of time staring at this. <laughs> he, he actually prepared for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember looking at the podcast and seeing the, I guess, the nurse or the nanny on the front yes. saying, 
could that be possible? Could I put those kind of wheels on my feet and actually? I think you should try it right around? now. Like those are the precursors of rollerblades, right there. That's on right. Paul Whitehead was very. Uh, see into the future. He got submarine <laughs> on Foxtrot. He's got you know segways on this. You know rollerblades. It all worked out. Again, the best of the Paul Whitehead album covers. I think it's it has a lot to do also with the girl's eyes because it's innocence, but also oh, like she knows something, right. and that kind of has runs this theme that runs through the, all the uh, songs on that. Mm, all right. I'll buy that. We're going deep here. Mm. We're going deep. So, let's see. And the head. The poor little head at the bottom is going to get hit. So, yeah, I think this is fascinating. And I'm surprised it got to number three. But what do you do? (laughs) I'm not surprised. I think this is, is like, one of the most iconic covers they have. Like, when you're thinking about the 70s. Of all the Paul Whitehead covers... I I thought that Nursery Time sure. would have been. I just would have put the Lamb or Duke ahead of this. Like I would have oh, been. Right. Like those are the ones that I would have thought would have been a bit higher than this. Here's a quick question. Yes. We're well, going back to the fonts here, and I'm sorry oh. to be such a, a nerd about this, no. but well, we, we're the, on a podcast about Genesis. Yeah, yeah. 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 out of all of the logos yes. that they've used, is the. The Paul Whitehead logo is that the one that you got used on the most album covers, or was no. it the was it the seconds out Genesis one that was the one that was used the most? I will say that it was the this was used on three albums: uh, this one, Nursery Crime, Foxtrot, and Genesis Live. Nice. The kind of Egyptian-looking one is on the Lamb, Seconds Out. And then there were three. Yeah, it had that little ectoplasm. Yes, it got yeah. Ghostbuster there. Yeah. Um, Abacab was that font was used on that and Genesis uh, three size live. Three Correct. Size live. And then Dual. you know, I mean, so they come in threes basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Three, two or three. One, two yeah. or three, really. Yeah. No, but it's funny because the font in set in England it's similar to the font in Invisible Touch. Yeah. There you go. See, they jumped some albums there. Invisible touch font, I think, is uh, in a little like bit italicized there. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, what's no, let's let's get to uh, have a number two. Number two. Is selling England by the pound. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Beautiful album cover, definitely. Isn't my favorite though, but it's got a lot going on. Which you know, it was based on. A painting by Betty Swanick mm-hmm. uh, actually was called The Dream oh. and uh, Swanick actually had been a designer she designed posters for London transport between the 1930s and 1950s hmm. says the original painting did not feature a lawnmower the band had Swanick edit later as an allusion to the song I Know What I Like as Swanick told them she did not have enough time to paint a new picture for their cover <laughs> I will say if not the classiest, one maybe the top two of the classiest album covers that they have. I think I look at this and I say, that's a piece of art. Yeah, that I would hang on, on my wall. Strange that the... Oh, sorry, I'm being such a font king now. <laughs> <laughs> Strange that how plain that the... It's very uh, plain. Uh, that yeah. the, the, the logo is at the top, you know, mm-hmm. and, and at the bottom, just the, 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 you know, Genesis at the top and underneath it, spelling England by the pond. I guess I didn't want to take take away from the artwork you know right. overwhelm it so something very simple and understated you know it's a nice balance to you know the very um complex 
picture that we're seeing here. How much allusion to the music inside is there on that on that cover? Because yeah. of course, if this was an original one that they just had edited a little bit, they added the lawnmower. I don't yeah, think anything. I think the lawnmower is the only is difference. Yeah. Line on the bench. I think know, they all just reference. they all just liked um, her painting and her style yeah. and wanted to use it on their album cover. It has a very to me and as a. American, it, to me, I saw it when I saw this, like, oh, this this looks very English. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was the hat and the umbrella, the umbrella. and the hedges, you know, that kind of evo- evoke, you know. It's because you don't have hedges over here. No, not like that. <laughs> not that look like toilet rolls. We call them, we call them edges because we don't pronounce the H over here. <laughs> I think this is... The exquisite topiary. Yes. <laughs> I think that, talking about the fonts, I think that this... The fonts are, are not distracting from the art. Mm-hmm. And it makes it very much almost like this is a report. This is a report about yeah. selling England by the pound. You know, it's it's almost a, a communique. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always kind of viewed it in that respect. That this is an album that, here's what it is. It's, it's certainly still a piece of art like the previous albums. But it's, it's now, I, this feels a bit more adult to me whereas the other ones did not. And that strange sort of like lime green border that they have yeah. around it as well, which is, yeah. I've never really quite understood why that isn't just white all the way around. But, yeah. of course, being now sort of like situated in the, I don't know what you call it, the psyche of both the band and the fans for so long, it looks totally natural. Yeah. I think what they wanted to achieve with this album cover is that they had done two, not ch- childish, but very... Uh, illustrative covers with Paul Whitehead which feature different stuff about the band it was very playful even musically they were moving into a different kind of maturity level and I think they kind of like to break off from the past they went Mm -hmm. the opposite direction you had a very playful font old style and now they just go like very adult Genesis selling them by the pound like this is they put on their big boy pants (laughs) and did this album yeah. yeah When they were 23. Yes. When they were all grown <laughs> up at, at the tender age yeah. of 23. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. So I think we're ready for number one. The number one album cover voted as you, the fans, is A Trick of the Tail. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excellent album cover. It I is. Think yeah. It's classy. It is, you know, as I said with uh, Selling Evil by the Pound, this is a very elegant album cover. I, I really liked this. I like, you're, like we're, right now we're, we're looking at the LP, and I when I got this album it was uh, on CD, and the background was like bright yellow. Mm. I don't know, it was like the printing or something. Right. It was, it, and it just looked like awful to me. But I actually like this LP. It's more right. like a parchment um, right. paper color. And with the the brown ink of the illustration, it it doesn't look as awful as <laughs> as that CD I had back when I first got it's it. It's incredibly Dickensian for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those album covers that, um, again, as is often is the case with, especially with the the 70s album covers, there's a lot of explanation and, and allusion to the songs inside yes. from the cover. And each each you know. Each character from a song is on the front and back cover, and on the inside, you again get a, replica- a replication of the characters with each of the songs in case you couldn't match them up yourselves. 
but it's I think it's it's this way that Genesis has their own visual connection with a visual on the album cover to the song, which I think again has been not for every album, but has been a through line through a lot of things. And even the inside the album that I have that we're referencing is the reissue from two thousand the the vinyl reissue from a couple of years ago that you know replicated the old album sleeves and the the record the record holder itself on the inside is kind of a nice doesn't have any words on it it's so funny it has, you should mention that because i think during the uh the 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 80s there was a kind of deviation if i remember correctly away from the 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 actual album cover not the covers themselves but the insert sleeves were taken out and re- yeah. replaced with Just cheapo white. Yeah. white. So you never really got... And the only way you could get the original album artwork was if you got the Japanese import. Mm-hmm. So the, the remastered vinyl series, yeah. you know, I'm glad that those are out now because you can get to see the, those albums as they were originally intended to be, right. you know, sorry to use a big word, disseminated no, to the public. Fine. When I got this, again, when I was first getting into Genesis and bought this on, on LP, I think it was more of the yellowish kind yeah. of plain, plain kind of uh, cover, not the parchmenty look. And it had all the lyrics on the inside on the gatefold, but it wasn't... But there was nothing, like Simon was saying, that that held the record itself. It was just the plain white wrapper at that point. So. And in this case, I love I love this album cover. Yeah. And you notice the font, the Genesis font is different to the title of the album, which yes. previous, <laughs> in, in other albums I the think it's the same font match. Don't match exactly. Yeah. This is another hypnosis cover, and yeah. the Genesis font I think was used again in Wind and Wuthering. For two albums. And interestingly enough, it's that logo that appears on nearly all of their flight cases yeah. when they tour. Probably when a lot of them were built yeah. or bought or painted. <laughs> I, yeah. It's just, I have to say, now holding this in my hand, <laughs> it, it would rate higher, and just the feel of it, I mean, this, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so for all of you people at yes. home, there is actually a textured surface. On yes, that. and yeah. it's, it's if you go and feel your own albums and see if you get the same joy from it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just beautiful, yeah. Really. Yeah, really. I mean, nice. from even the font that is used on the inside for all of the yeah. credits and the lyrics. Yeah, it just evokes a feel of the like a sadness when you mm-hmm. look at the I think the ripples, the yeah. entangled figure. Just mystery, intrigue, mm-hmm. mysticism, everything. Yeah. To me, the most evocative one is is the one for Ripples of the the older woman looking and seeing her own mm-hmm. reflection at a younger time. That's that to me is you know the the most touching one. Uh, the one I think kind of makes the least amount of sense is the Dance on the Volcano one with the cross and the kind of silhouetted figure that's almost at, at the fold of the album. Um, and is on the back cover here, you know. So it's that doesn't. That's probably the one that works the least for me. But all the rest of these are uh, really kind of make make sense. It's. I mean, I agree with 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 what Tom said. Is that in physically actually looking at this album cover, it's made me really appreciate exactly how good a cover this actually yeah. is. I would not have put this in my my top three, uh, mm-hmm. and I probably still wouldn't. But I I can say. I can see why this is so yeah. high up on the list. Right. And looking at it, I said earlier about how times have changed. It, it is kind of depressing how this generation that's growing up now with music, they download something 
covered is not doesn't even enter into their consciousness. Kids today. Kids today. Kids today. I sound today like and they're in my, my lawn. <laughs> but I mean, I can imagine being a teenager, 15, 16, back in 76 when this came mm-hmm. out. And you go to the record store and you buy this and you go home and you open it up. And it's just, you just spend your whole afternoon imme- immersed in this album. From the back cover to the front cover to the mm-hmm. gatefold, sure. while listening to this, and it just—it must have been like an other outerworldly experience when you're putting your headphones on, listening to this LP. Are you saying it's something from the other world? So, so Tom, that thank you for showing us your poll. What were what were the bottom responses on this? What got the least amount of votes? Well, uh, a couple of things struck me about the ones yes. that did not make the top ten. First of all, the one that got zero votes was The Way We Walk, Volume 2, The Longs. <laughs> now, I figured out of the two of them, the one that was all in black and white would have gotten fewer votes than the one that oh, had a little bit color. more color. Right. Which did not. But somebody actually voted for that as their favorite, one of the volume one. Yes. Or volume well, more power to you, whoever you are. Yes, more yes. Bravo. Calling all stations, and I think if that had been a Phil or a Peter error album, right. might have gotten a little more votes, but because it is an album which I think a lot of people put as an asterisk to the band's history, it, right. that cover. And it's. It's not a great cover, but it's not an awful cover. Yeah, I think it, it has a mood to it. It has a mood to it, yeah. yeah. The font. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm okay with that font. Uh, no. No. Right, I'm not going to argue for that's it. That's full much, ectoplasm but... font. <laughs> yeah, that not is. Just right. a little bit. Uh, the other thing which also got one only one vote was from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation, which... To paraphrase Bobby Fleckman, what was that? There was nothing on that goddamn cover. <laughs> <laughs> how much and how much more black could it be? And the answer is uh, none. None, none, none more, more black. black. I did see why this album only sold 600 copies on its first issuance because people looked at it and I just I they said people thought it was a religious record, which of course, yes. if it's something black that just says from Genesis to Revelation, it is not screaming out. Pop songs written by seventeen-year-olds. They weren't seventeen-year-olds. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. So I think the the only other thing which struck me struck out in my mind was the difference in the live albums. The last live yeah. album to come out officially was Live Over Europe, right? And you see the kind of album, the cover that that was, just a schematic of mm-hmm. the stage, which they probably had very very little involvement in. It was kind of like you put out a live album, right? The people will buy it. Whereas you look at a cover like Seconds Out or Genesis Live, I mean, it, it, it evoked a feeling. The, right. the feeling, Genesis over Europe, Live Over Europe doesn't evoke any feeling. It's, right. We're putting out a live album because that's what you do. Right. Whereas here is like, fans who don't know anything about this will see this cover and be like, I've got to find right. out who they are and what they're doing on the cover, what kind of music yeah. this is. And in the 70s, live albums were gateways to a band. Right. It was Peter like, Frampton oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a best of almost. And it's a, that's even back in the 80s when I was getting into music, I would sometimes buy a live album from a band first to see if I liked that band because I figured if their live music is good, their studio music is probably good too. But it doesn't necessarily go the other way around. So Right, I mean, the first live album I got, uh, the first album I ever got from Merlin is Thieving Magpie, the, that live mm-hmm. album. 
and I think that is a good way to go. And my one of my favorite top ten live albums is "Songs in the Attic" from Billy Joel. Okay. Because it, it, something like with Genesis Seconds Out, it gives a representation of all the band's sure. album. And I know we're kind of getting away from covers right now, yeah. but <laughs> no, but you, really, we don't stay on topic. That's amazing. But you you hit a point here in terms of you know when you especially when you were talking about the live over Europe. I think a lot of these votes come from a place of nostalgia and familiarity. Sure. So it's not surprising to me that some of the older um, albums have gotten the highest votes because this has been, like we said, it's such a part of our music history, mm-hmm. our music listening lives. Um, it's familiar, mm-hmm. it's a cue, it's something you've looked at over and over again right. because if you love Genesis, you listen to the music over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's just kind of been more embedded into that whole experience with the band. Sure. So I, I find that interesting. So it's it, to me, it's part one, albums were, uh, album covers were a bigger um had a bigger focus back mm-hmm. then because either there wasn't anything online, so you had the printed material. Um, that was your only visual um, connection you had with the band if you never saw them live. So it, it was more important. There was more time, I think, and effort into choosing what that would be mm-hmm. than in later years, um, especially as you say now more people just download a song and, or the album cover is the face. It's all about your right. celebrity versus the, sure. the music you're putting out. Um, and, and, I, so, and, and, and no member of Genesis would ever stick their face on an album. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and, and yeah, and so it's part. I think it's part that nostalgia, familiarity, and then also that, like I said, the the attention to um, album cover artwork as a thing. I mean, you think about like some of the, the the people who and the agencies that were involved in creating the Genesis album covers. Mm-hmm. You know, these were yeah. like big deals. Oh, these, yeah. This is like some of the preeminent you know artists of the yeah. time. Where you don't really see that too much nowadays, um, mm-hmm. you know, an established visual artist doing, um, you know, albums. I mean, there's some exceptions, of course, um, but you know, it, back in in the day, in this kind of whole rock and music genre, I mean, that's that was the standard. Yeah, it was part of the not only the music but also the artwork. Yeah, yes. the culture, the of, font, of, everything. Of, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everyone again for voting in our poll and as a, a special thank you, we have a chance for you to win something and I'll toss that over to Mike. So this has nothing to do with album covers, although it has a, <laughs> it has a neat album cover. I mentioned that, I think I mentioned at the start of the episode, it's so long ago, that I have uh, a extra copy of Aunt, the reissue from Esoteric Records. Thank you, Vicky at Esoteric, uh, for, of uh, the reissue of Sides that came out, which is Anthony Phillips' album from 1979. It includes a 5.1 mix. Just listen to it today, which is very good. The version that we'll be giving away to some lucky listener is uh, unopened, so that's good. And you're going to have to answer a trivia question. So if you know the answer to this question, you can send us an email at genesistabletop at gmail.com. And the question you must answer is, who played drums on this Anthony Phillips album, Sides? Who is the drummer on this album? So send me the answer to that, send us the answer to that, and you, the correct answers will be entered randomly, and we'll choose a winner. So I, was, I assume um, 
members of the Tabletop Genesis are excluded from this contest. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, what a shame. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you look this answer up on the internet, we will know. That's right. We have sources everywhere. <laughs> so before we uh, wrap up the episode here, anything that people want to throw out for our final reflections on album covers? I, th- I think basically for me, um, the list reflects the time when album covers meant something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm actually was very much with Tom on this one and the fact that, you know, the vast majority of my uh, albums were on cassette because sure. I listened to them out and about. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think the 70s was the heyday of the album cover. Every single iconic album cover, pretty much, you can probably date from the 70s. I mean, I'm sure, there's the Sgt Peppers from the 60s <laughs> and then there's the... You know, the unknown pleasures or, you know, the Joy Division covers of, mm-hmm. of the 80s and stuff. But really, the very heart and soul of what made album covers so iconic had its finest days during the uh, the period of the 1970s. The voters made generally good choices, I think. Our fans are awesome. Of course yes. they make good yes. choices. We love you. <laughs> yeah. I think more importantly, Genesis fans yeah. oh, <laughs> made good choices here. Agreed. We hope you join us on that next album discovery that we embark upon and so this is Mike Lord signing off. This is Elliot signing off. This is Simon signing off. Bye everyone. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And so we will see you the next time. For listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have the shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on future episodes.